Okay, hello everybody, today is Monday, another Zodiac Monday. Welcome to the show. You can now download Black Box Online Radio for free at Launchpad DM, and there's a link to that in the description box, and anybody can write the show at blackboxonlineradio at aol.com, as well as following on Instagram, blackboxned88. I have had a good time keeping in touch with a lot of you guys, and you share all of your insights into the true crime world. And as always, you can visit the Teespring page. Remember, being weird is not a crime. So, I will be talking today about the Zodiac Manson connection, and an additional layer to that, the Zodiac Manson Son of Sam connection. Is there actually something that unites all of these events? And we can even expand this outward, most notably looking at the murder of Arliss Perry, but as well as some of the other crimes that have been committed across the globe, is there an underlying structure that is beneath many of them? So, I would like to introduce the subject in somewhat of a long-winded way, and that is to say that I have this bad habit of referring to just listening to podcasts and old radio programs as a project. I first said it in 2019 when I was like, I'm starting a new project. I'm listening to William Cooper's show, The Hour of the Time. Then I was like, wait a second, that's not really a project. That's just listening to the backlog of old radio episodes. I mean, but ever since then, I've always done that. My project for 2020 was to listen to World Crisis Radio starting in 2010 and moving onward. It's a show that's hosted by Webster Tartley. I started in January of 2010, I mean, listening back to the old episodes, that is, and I made it all the way to October, so that project remains unfinished. However, who knows what will happen in the future, and this year, my project is to go through the entirety of the Tate LaBianca radio program, and I knew exactly where I wanted to start with an interview they did with Howard Davis, the author of the Zodiac Manson Connection. And as you see from the title here, we will look at this link between the Zodiac Killer, Charles Manson, and the Son of Sam. But I think that it would be inappropriate to have this discussion without talking about some of Howard Davis's um, theories in the Zodiac Killer mystery, looking at his suspect, Bruce Davis, and um, Bruce Davis's connection to the Zodiac world in general. That stuff will come later on in the episode, so please stay tuned. I would like to begin this discussion with four words. Luciferianism, Satanism, Environmentalism, and Scientology. Because I think to talk about the Zodiac Killer, the Son of Sam, and Charles Manson, you need to first begin in a very broad way and then get precise. Luciferianism is a good starting point. I just said that I was listening to lots of Bill Cooper back in 2019. He talked a lot about Luciferianism, and that is that the global elites, the oligarchs, the people who have the concentrations of wealth and power, the few, they have their own belief system which practices a variant of Luciferianism. And this is very conspiratorial, but if you uh, want to challenge any of the ideas in the comments section, write anything that you have to say about this. But he promoted 
the, the global elites have this brand of Luciferianism, which believes that Jesus and Lucifer are one and the same, and that you can liberate humanity by destroying it. The way that you liberate humanity is by destroying it, and that is the objective of the global elites, that they want to destroy humanity, but not in a blunt and obvious way. They like to hide in plain sight, but then sometimes go in the shadows. And it's important to note that another conspiratorial claim that I learned about from Daniela Wolves, her phrasing of it anyway, is that the CIA is the private arm of the global elites. That's another very, very bold claim. Not everyone accepts that. But they often go unchecked, they often go unexamined, and that these elite circles, the oligarchs, they use the CIA to do their bidding around the world, to promote an agenda that is beneficial to them. And now, to quote Webster Tarpley, if you control how people think, you control everything. So they don't want to just commit some type of massive bloody revolution. Why? Because then they wouldn't have the power anymore. And it's not even really a revolution if they're the ones who are at the top. That's not even the right word for that. It would just be a mass genocide, mass slaughter, committing an extremely destructive action such as what happened with Adolf Hitler or maybe Pol Pot in Cambodia. Did Hitler survive? No. Did Pol Pot stay in power? No. They would not be able to hold on to the power because at a certain point, people would recognize the destructive nature of that leader or that group of leaders' tyrannical motivations, and they would challenge that and they would overthrow that. So a way to unleash destruction across the world is to use that type of Luciferian thinking and put it into the human thought process, to put out publications, pieces of literature, in infiltrate circles of um, very impressionable people and spread ideas. If you control how people think, you control everything. And the CIA has been accused of this numerous times, whether it's Operation Mockingbird, which deals with the manipulation of media coverage, or you even have um, other things like that are a little bit more speculative, like Operation Terrify America, and even into Project MKUltra which of course deals with psychological warfare and so on, let alone the experiments that have been done to show how people respond to interrogation techniques. How does the human brain function when it is challenged in certain ways? The CIA is very involved with this stuff. And Tom O'Neill, the author of the book Chaos, which is about the Manson family, talks about this a lot when he says that the CIA was fascinated with how can one person experience, a spiritual, mystical experience from tripping on LSD, where another person is going to take LSD and then they will have something that's frying their brain for a little bit, they're going to trip, and then they'll just go back to normal. They won't have that mystical, spiritual experience. Now, why is that? And they wanted to get answers to these questions, and they wanted to do some things that were a little bit destructive. Now, I know this stuff is going to sound like a bunch of wacky conspiracy things, but here's something that I would like to put forward that I don't think is a crazy conspiracy. I don't think that it is something to play devil's advocate with. I'm going to tell you something that I genuinely do believe. Maybe there are some more layers to it. Maybe there is a greater distance that this thing can go. But what I genuinely believe the CIA does is 
they put things into motion. They will do something like that. They'll, like, introduce some type of new way of thinking. Maybe it's the thing about Scientology and prisons, or even some things like MKUltra, and then they just want to see what happens. They want to see how people are going to carry on behaving under these certain circumstances. Psychological experiments, psychological warfare, psychological manipulation, that stuff I do think is happening. And this is heavily relevant to the Zodiac Killer, Charles Manson, and the Son of Sam. Because it all stems from what are the groups that are operating at the time? The hippies, the Church of Satan, and the um, Process Church. Then you also have some of the older movements, perhaps Aleister Crowley. You also have um, new ways of thinking that can go underground a little bit more. And they actually believe that one of the lines in the Zodiac Killer's uh, cipher about slaves in paradise, I will be reborn in paradise, and those whom I have killed will become my slaves, is something that is from an underground belief system that was present in the time in America. And it was even mentioned by people in Deer Lodge Prison up in Montana, thousands of miles away from California. So what really is going on? There are different thought processes and belief systems that are in all of these groups. Now, I said that the hippies are growing in power. And they're becoming very influential. And a lot of people think that the CIA wanted to put an end to the hippie movement. And they wanted to create this image of terror around San Francisco, the zenith of the flower power movement, the golden city for the hippies. So that serves as one function of the Zodiac Killer, creating this image of terror in San Francisco. And it relates to a particular theory that the murder of Cecilia Shepard when she was stabbed on September 27th of 69 and the murder of Paul Stein on October 11th of 69 were committed by a CIA operative. And the first two Zodiac crimes, the Lake Herman Road murders and the murder of Darlene Farron, were committed by drug-related uh, shooters or it was a gang-related incident perhaps both, drug-related, gang-related shootings. That's all the end, um, the ending of the life of Darlene Farron, as well as David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen, the victims from Lake Herman Road. Okay, that is just a theory. Remember, we always want to find out what actually happened, but um, it requires a, a little bit of discussion. I think that's a theory that is worth paying attention to. With Charles Manson, somebody once wrote into the comments section and they said they did not believe the Zodiac-Manson connection. However, they did say that they definitely do have some intersection almost. It's like two things on the dinner plate during the same meal. Yeah, maybe they're touching a little bit, but they are separate or in different things all the same. I mean, I'm definitely not convinced of anything that has been put forward in the Zodiac-Manson connection, but we're talking about the hippies, right? In the interview that I was listening to with Howard Davis on the Tate LaBianca radio program, he brought up the point that in the final line of the 408 cipher that I was just talking about, the one that says, when, I, when I'm reborn in paradise, those who I have killed will be my slaves, the final line is just this mash of letters and text, and no one is even sure what it means to this day. It's just um, a bunch of um, letters that don't make a whole lot of sense. 
but it could be rearranged to spell out Robert Emmett the Hippie. Robert Graysmith talked about this a lot, and even in his book Zodiac Unmasked, Robert Graysmith is talking to Paul Avery, and he asks him, what do you think that final line of the 408 cipher means? And his response was, I still think it means Robert Emmett. Howard Davis was going on to elaborate about this by saying that Robert Emmett is, of course, an Irish revolutionary, and some people think that the Robert Emmett that it is talking about is a statue that is in Golden Gate Park, and that it is um, a statue of this guy named Robert Emmett. So it's not talking even about the physical person. Maybe it's a clue to the marker, or maybe it's a clue into the concept of being a revolutionary but a revolution of what? Robert Emmett and the hippie. And they're trying to have this type of anti-hippie agenda. So it's about a revolution of chaos. And that that's actually the clue that that is supposed to mean. Now, we said that there are four words, right? The second one is Satanism. Geraldo Rivera put out a TV special in the 1990s that even talked about the Zodiac Killer symbol could have been taken from Aleister Crowley, who was operating much earlier than the 1960s, but he is heavily connected to the 20th century satanic movements. In 1966, we have the rise of the Church of Satan and Anton LaVey, who becomes the um, successor to Aleister Crowley in the world of Satanism. And of course, there are some many things that are happening in between. The Church of Satan is a counter-movement to the hippies, the counterculture to a counterculture, because they just view the hippies as hypocrites, liars, they were frauds, they talk about peace, love, and joy, but all they care about is their own material selfishness, so what do you do when you don't like flower power, when you don't like peace, love, and joy, you, you go to the Church of Satan. And it's, this is also mentioned in Gary Stewart's book, The Most Dangerous Animal of All, about his Zodiac killer suspect, Earl Van Best, who was the organist and piano player for... Anton LaVey, because Anton LaVey had this great desire to be a musician, but in all reality he wasn't that good, and that Earl Van Best was actually, according to his son Gary Stewart, was somewhat of a better piano player and organist. And Earl Van Best's mother was also an organist, and she was, uh, well, I shouldn't even say some things because I don't want to speak ill of the dead. So, um, Anton LaVey has this desire for fame, and his pathway was not to become a musician. Instead, he became a prolific satanic leader. Maybe you've heard of some guy named Charles Manson who wanted to become a musician, and he also ended up becoming a cult leader. Charles Manson is somebody who seems to have undergone a lot of experiences in prison prior to becoming the guy on the Spawn Ranch who is surrounded by women and playing songs and such. He was in prison for the majority of his life, if you count the time he spent in reform schools. And in prison, he was introduced to Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard, and he learned um, aspects of psychological manipulation. And this could even go as far as saying that Charles Manson may have been a CIA informant, to the point where he is not an operative, but he is an informant, a person that they're using to gather information from. They want to use him to collect information. And in that respect, the entirety of the Manson family could be CIA informants. Now, about how all of these things could be linked together, I would like to go to an article from religionnews.com that is going to talk about this alleged link 
that could unite all of these groups, and that is the Process Church. The Process Church offered spiritual enlightenment and a warning about the state of the world. One of its main teachings was, was that beings had chosen evil over good, its leaders harboring little hope that humans could mend their ways, said the only way forward was to withdraw from society and seek spiritual enlightenment while waiting for the world to burn. Humanity chose the easy way that leads to hell, and now its journey has ended. Humanity is the devil. I'm going to repeat that last part there. Humanity chose the easy way that leads to hell, and now its journey has ended. Humanity is the devil. This is the process church that is operating at this same time. Does that not sound at all like that Luciferian example that I brought up at the beginning, that there is this type of global elite ideology, philosophy, pseudo-quasi-spirituality? It's probably not a spirituality because they don't even actually believe this stuff. They're just making up crap to preserve their own power structure. But does this not sound the same. So I think we can talk all day long about the different people who could have been a CIA operative or a CIA informant, someone who's playing a larger role. And I've explored this um, theory many times. And I'll say some things about that at the end of the episode. But what I really think the CIA is very capable of and has done in the past is they put these types of ideas into motion, whether it's introducing Scientology into prisons or actually conducting MKUltra-style experiments, and that affects the way that people are thinking, just as you heard here with the Process Church, how they're carrying on with this idea that sounds very, very Luciferian. Now, there's a third word that I mentioned, and that is environmentalism. I know that this is going to sound just like it's straight out of Alex Jones and InfoWars, but a lot of people stand by this claim, that environmentalism was created in 1965 by the British Empire as a way to, once again, control how people are thinking, to get people to die from the earth. It's the foundation of the eugenics movement. This whole notion of the world is going to become overpopulated so that you need to stop having children and you need to give up using natural resources. The concept of going into the forest but don't use anything from the forest, that this has been created by the British Empire. The same reasons the global elites, the power structure, they don't want that to be overturned, and a lot of people will latch onto this because of the emotional benefits and the emotional connection that they have to the earth, to the forest, to animals, to just nature in general. It was a very impressionable way, or they were able to target impressionable people. This is all theoretical. So when we look at environmentalism, the hippies are all about this, and these types of ideas get carried on into the Manson family. Howard Davis was talking about this on the Tate LaBianca radio program when he said, even some guy like Charles Manson, all right, well, he was the mastermind behind a set of murders. Well, he also talks about the environment, though. Oh, yeah, well, you killed some people, but yeah, well, you like the environment. Or how about Lynette Squeaky Fromey? She 
tried to shoot Gerald Ford very unsuccessfully, mind you. But then she says, oh yeah, well, I'm actually all about the environment. And definitely Linda Kasabian, another member of the Manson family who is all about what? Environment, pro-earth. Is environmentalism really the foundation of the um, eugenics movement and it's all just been created to control how people are thinking? I once watched a very extended presentation on this and they were talking about how Prior to 1965, the World Wildlife Fund was simply just the catalog and registry of animals that the British Empire had in their territories. Like in, it was a way of recording the wildlife that are that is in the forest. How many animals do the British, uh, does the British Empire have? Does the British Crown control? And then they decided to repackage it as a way that would be very appealing to the general public, but in short, it's a way of playing with people's emotions. And Prince Philip, prior to his death, talked very frequently about um, overpopulation. Maybe you've heard his famous statement about how he wanted to die and be reborn as a deadly virus to decrease the world's population and in a more um, in a much blander response. He once said that overpopulation was the biggest issue. And we could talk about the origins of that stuff for a while, but I would rather get back to some of the Zodiac Killer, um, David Berkowitz, Charles Manson connections. And the Process Church is a group which the Netflix special, The Sons of Sam, wanted to zone in on. They're saying that's the real link that is going on between David Berkowitz and The Son of Sam slayings that took place in the 1970s and Charles Manson and the murders that took place in the 1960s. Really, in 1969, when Charles Manson's reign of terror is going on, and we talked about the Tate LaBianca radio program that deals with the Sharon Tate murders, as they're called, but really the murders of Sharon Tate, Wojtek Frakowski, J. Sebring, Abigail Folger, and Stephen Parent, and then, of course, Lino and Rosemary LaBianca, and then you also have the murders of Shorty Shea and Gary Hinman. So... There's a very large series of episodes on the Stones Unturned podcast, which is available now on the channel Professor Dad. The channel has changed name. It's actually split into two channels, but they're still archived on Professor Dad. They're hosted by Thomas Henry Horan, and he talks about this type of link as well that is among the Zodiac Killer, Charles Manson, and David Berkowitz. I listened to his episodes on David Berkowitz, and I didn't understand a word of them at the time because I wasn't familiar with the uh, people that he was talking about. Of course, I knew who David Berkowitz was, but when even they're looking at the case of Donna Loria and Christine Freund, I wasn't completely sure. Well, it's a lot, it's very difficult to keep track all of the names when you aren't completely familiar with something such as the Son of Sam crimes at the time. So I went back and listened to some of those as well. And because I remembered that Thomas Henry Horne put forward his theory that the true link among all of these people is the murder of Gary Hinman. And I was quite surprised that Howard Davis didn't mention any of this during the um, the Tate LaBianca program because Howard Davis's prime suspect in the Zodiac Killer mystery is none other than Bruce Davis, someone who went to jail not for the Zodiac crimes, but for the being an accessory in the murder of Gary Hinman. I mean, he was charged with that as well as the murder of Shorty Shea, and robbery, those are the crimes that sent Bruce Davis to jail for life, and he is still incarcerated to this day. 
but the murder of Gary Hinman is connected to the motorcycle gang, the Straight Satans, and Thomas Henry Horan theorized that the Straight Satans were also connected to a, a group called the Children, and the Children was what Maury Terry described as something that started in or about the 1950s or got rebranded in the 1950s as a post-Nazi underground cult that then splintered into many different factions, and one of them was the Process Church. I mean, there is overlap between the Process Church and the children, and the names don't even really mean anything too much. It's really about how there are these types of criminal networks that practice certain destructive actions such as committing murders, thrill-kill clubs, cult sacrifices, or just the whole concept of brainwashing other people into committing murders. David Berkowitz said very clearly that he was brainwashed by the dog Harvey. Yeah, okay, but um, I don't think anyone was brainwashing the Zodiac killer. Instead, you have the web of destruction that is going to be coming out across the world. And Howard Davis talked about this when he said that the plan was to have destruction coming to three cities in California, and that is Los Angeles, of course, Charles Manson, and all of those murders that we talked about, the Zodiac Killer operating in Northern California, and the third city in California was supposed to be San Diego. However, of course, these plans got interrupted, Charles Manson, as well as Bruce Davis, all ending up in jail. However, with the Zodiac Killer, the Zodiac ceased activity on, um, what did I just say? The Zodiac didn't cease any activity. The Zodiac stopped murdering on October 11th of 1969 with the murder of Paul Stein. That is the final confirmed Zodiac incident, and everything else after that is unconfirmed. The Zodiac would go on to continue things in the letters, as well as um, mailing in the cards, the Halloween card, the Peter the Pines card, the Eureka card, which was mailed in 1990. The Zodiac definitely did not cease activity but uh, stopped committing murders officially. There are numerous crimes that have been attributed to the Zodiac Killer, whether it's the murder of Joan Webster or the 1986 Sacramento Freeway murders, the Sacramento Freeway murders of 86, being clear about that. The Zodiac didn't cease activity, but Bruce Davis was in jail. And I said I would talk about Bruce Davis as a Zodiac Killer suspect a little bit. Firstly, Howard Davis has made the claim that Bruce Davis, even though he was in jail, still had the ability to mail Zodiac letters. I, I find that extremely, extremely difficult to believe, including the 1974 Exorcist letter. I thought some guy like him would just say, well, it's a forgery. Okay, yeah, you think Bruce Davis was the Zodiac killer? Everything after Bruce Davis's arrest, which was... um. Much earlier on, oh, I don't even want to, I think I know the date, but I don't want to misquote it. So it's definitely before 1974, it's at the uh, very, very beginning of the 70s. So um, with Bruce Davis, then he would have had the ability to mail a letter in prison and no one noticed or that he was even held, he had help from the other Manson family women and they had... Um, some way to mail the letter from Pleasanton, California. I don't buy that. Now, I'm not saying that he is wrong. I'm just saying that I don't simply accept that. So, uh, what I would propose instead is that um, 
I would want to uh, talk to Howard Davis a lot more about this. And we did exchange a couple messages back in the day, and back in the day by that I mean three months ago. And he has an open invitation to talk to me anytime he wants or come on the channel, Howard Davis, the author of the Zodiac Manson Connection. So I would love to really just learn as much as I can about this particular subject, because I think that the stronger part of Howard Davis's claim is that they uncovered the hood and the knife that were used at Lake Berryessa. The only time the Zodiac Killer is going out wearing that costume. And the reason why they did not want to prosecute Bruce Davis for the Zodiac crimes is because he was already going to jail for life. They're like, we're not going to extradite him to another jurisdiction where he's going to face a trial that's going to cost $2 million when he's already going to go to jail for life. And at that time, it was death because California had the death penalty. They took it away, and then they brought it back, and all of the sentences that had been commuted to life in prison remained that way. That's why all of the Manson family, including Charles Manson, were able to live out their lives in prison many of them passing away. About Bruce Davis as a Zodiac Killer suspect, I would like to go to a comment that was left by Apex Prowler that says, I think Bruce Davis is slash was CIA. He was tight with not only Charlie, but cancer researcher, the respected Dr. Oxner, O-C-H-S-N-E-R of the new of New Orleans, excuse me. Dr. Oxner caused the death of his grandson and injured his granddaughter by giving both a vaccine that he stood up for. Oswald was around Dr. Oxner at the same time as Bruce. Another tidbit is the trash bag killer Patrick Kearney and Oswald were travel buddies in the military. It's not a stretch to say that Bruce Davis knew Oswald and Kearney. Now, I said that I wanted to talk more about the CIA creating these ideas and putting them into motion, and that's because we can speculate all day about who was the member of the Manson family that actually had stronger CIA ties. Back in 2020, I said very clearly that I thought if there's anybody who's connected to Charles Manson and is some type of CIA operative or some type of uh, greater CIA informant, not just like the unknowing informant, which could even be described as a useful idiot. And I do mean that useful idiot as, as a term, someone who is doing someone else's bidding and not knowing it. But who could have actually had a greater CIA presence? And I said, Bruce Davis or Squeaky Fromey, because um, Bruce Davis is the rover of the Manson family. He's always in different places. And you can read this even in Paul Wat Watkins's book, uh, my Life with Charles Manson, about how they are, they're always just picking up Bruce Davis from a different place. With the fact that Bruce Davis spent the winter of 1968 in 69 in England, as well as going to other parts of continental Europe and maybe even North Africa as well, he is moving around the, the country and if not the world a lot. So he would have so many opportunities to have been playing a larger role in all of this. But I think that um, I don't have any certainty of that. I've definitely thought about this exact same thing that Apex uh, probably was saying, except for the layers with the um, Kennedy assassination and looking how Bruce Davis could have been involved with that. I don't have much of a comment on that one right now. But as for being a type of um, CIA operation, I mean... We can we can prod around and we can guess and we can think about who um, 
could be more involved and such. I mean, you could look at somebody who didn't go to jail, perhaps such as Paul Watkins, who pretty much turned on the Manson family, and I don't blame him because I... I I wouldn't expect any of them to stand by Charles Manson, and it's quite odd that any of them did. And one more time, anybody can write the show at blackboxonlineradio at AOL.com, blackboxnet88. People can follow the show on Facebook at blackboxonlineradio, and you can always share anything you want in the comments section on YouTube. You can download the show at Launchpad DM, also with YouTube Premium. You can download the video version with the images and take it on the go anywhere and anyhow. So, I will see you guys on Instagram for the bonus podcast. One more time, BlackBoxNet88. And feel free to check out the Teespring page. Remember, being weird is not a crime. That's all for me now. Until next time.